if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Allow me to explain. It's free, and we all love free stuff. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the second edition of the Countdown to March Madness program, of course, uh, as we are inching closer to conference tournaments as well as, um, you know, other exciting things uh, that are going to go on. You know, I think there's only eight games tonight, I think, total in the entire country. Yeah, not a lot going on. A lot of getting canceled because of this weather too, right? Well, in Texas, Texas. (laughs) they play tomorrow now, so. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know what's up with that. It's like 30 degrees there. Why are they? Are, are we serious here? I mean, <laughs> what's the temperature where we're at? Let's let's see. Uh, 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 three degrees feels like negative 18, and it's been snowing all day. So they need to, uh, you know, do some things there to Buck in Texas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, all right. So as we look right now. Around the country, and what we've seen in the last couple of weeks, we're going to start with the AP poll as we usually do on this program, which was today. And uh, I'm kind of, you know, looking at it from a, a tournament perspective on this, which it doesn't have any correlation to the tournament at all. Uh, but you know, because you have a guy who had Alabama and Illinois unranked this week, so that was fun. Yeah, I think that he he apologized and he said he messed well, up. Illinois is supposed to be five. But that's fine. You know, hashtag line. I really went after him. <laughs> yeah, I just I tweeted the link to it because I thought it was hilarious. I was like, there's no way. Yeah, and, I think uh, it was already already changed by the time you shared that link. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know how they messed that up, but whatever. Um, so I'm going to tier rank the March Madness teams or the uh, AP poll teams, which all of them are going to make it to the tournament. I'm pretty sure. Um, into championship, final four, elite eight, sweet 16, sweet 16, upset wash. Now, I'm not saying that one of these teams is not good. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, this team is automatically, you know, final four level. I'm kind of looking at all these teams from not only what we're seeing right now from them, but also what I think, you know, their peak could be. So I only have three championship teams, and I think the top three is all championship level because I think if Michigan plays defensively the way that they did yesterday against Wisconsin, let's be honest, Wisconsin. In the half. Yeah, Wisconsin's not very good. Um, yeah. I can't believe they're still in the top they, twenty-five. To they were honest, a di- different team after uh, Davison decided to chuck an elbow in somebody's face and then get free free throws for doing so. <laughs> that was good. Good, good job by the officials to call a technical. <laughs> on Michigan for the excessive anger, not yeah, the uh, obvious elbow to the face. but um, Embarrassing. Yeah, I think Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, I think that's three mm-hmm. championship caliber teams, and I don't really think you can dispute that. You can throw whoever you want in there to, that you think can do it. I have four final four-level teams. I think Illinois, Ohio State, 
both Final Four level. I think Alabama can do it just because they're very good defensively. But if they can actually have games where they can translate their defense into offense with how good they are at shooting and how many guys they have on that team that can hit threes, I think they could do that. And I still think Iowa can just because Iowa has depth and their depth has actually been playing a lot better in their games that they haven't been winning. Um, and if Garza, I mean, he's in a little bit of a slump right now for his standards, I guess. I don't expect that to carry on. I still think they can do it. The only thing that's going to kill them is their defense. I think that's really the only thing right. for them. And I think it's, I think a lot of, you know, what they do in the tournament is going to be based off of uh, their matchups. So the Elite Eight, I put a lot of teams in there. You don't um, think Virginia's Final Four quality team? I just don't know if they have the, uh, not really – I wouldn't say the top-tier talent, but I don't know if they have the same level of defensive play. And I'm factoring the ACC a lot into that because yeah. I don't think the ACC is good at all. I think there's sure. three good teams in the ACC, Virginia Tech, um, Virginia, and uh, Florida State. I think that's the only good teams in the ACC this season. So I factored that in a little bit. Uh, but um, – Elite Eight, I think Houston can do that. Very good defensively, a lot of size, a lot of length. Not as talented as they have been in years past, but they're still very good. I think they could be an elite uh, eight-level team. Um, Virginia, I put in there. Villanova as well. Virginia and Villanova are like on the edge of being Final Four for me just because they're not only very well coached, uh, they're just a little inconsistent for what they usually are. Um, Then rounding out the Elite Eight, tier teams right now for me West Virginia Texas Tech a couple of teams that are very good offensively and pretty good defensively in the uh, Big 12 Florida State and Virginia Tech two ACC teams that I think have a ton of talent uh, and then Tennessee I put in there just because if they can figure it out offensively they'll be really good they'll be able to get there and I think they're kind of borderline elite eight sweet 16 I'm a little higher on them than I think a lot of people are um, and then my other elite eight team is, of course, my guys at Loyola Chicago. I mean, come on, <laughs> extremely good offensive uh, yeah. or defensive team. I hear they're so, like a top ten team in some people's eyes. You'll find out momentarily. <laughs> um, they're ranked twenty second in the eight people, which is criminal. Now, if they would have won yesterday, they'd probably be in the top eighteen or so, but yeah. they didn't. So, um, and then Sweet Sixteen teams, I think Oklahoma and Texas are there. Um, I think Oklahoma is kind of overperforming in the regular season, which I think is going to lead people to believe that they'll make a big tournament run. I'm not 100% sold on that. And then I think USC and Missouri are sweet 16-level teams. Then I had five teams on upset watch, teams that I could see losing in the first round, Creighton, Wisconsin, or in the first two rounds, I guess. Creighton, Wisconsin, Kansas, Arkansas, and San Diego State. Um, All five of those teams lack the top-notch talent and the – consistency factor is big like arkansas hadn't beaten any good teams at all until they beat missouri so yeah fair if you look at missouri's resume you know i think you know 13 and 5 that's a good record uh five and four in quad one one and one in quad two that's fine i just i don't think they have the shooting to get deep into the tournament i think they have the toughness and they play pretty well defensively but like tillman and mark smith are extremely inconsistent um you know, they're kind of like a one one player can get them going, and that's the only way they're going to play well is if they have that one guy going, if it's, you know, Javon Pickett or Pinson, one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arkansas is, uh, yeah, two and four in quad one. So they're 24th in the net. They're ahead of uh, Missouri. So, all right, let's move on to the my top 30, of course, which is, you know, 
the better of the top 30s that are out there, I would say, <laughs> in my opinion, unbiased. I mean, I, I'm guessing you have Illinois in it, right? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, yes, yeah, so there you go. Baylor, Gonzaga, Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois. That's the same top five I had last week. Didn't feel the need to move it. Uh, if Michigan would have lost, I probably would have gone with them as the uh, number four team, maybe five. If Illinois would have beaten Nebraska convincingly, that would have helped me to maybe move them ahead to number four. But you see some big jumpers, Alabama, Virginia jumping back in, Houston down a couple spots, Oklahoma jumping up, Loyola Chicago at 10, of course. Don't care if they lost yesterday. Don't care at all, actually. So I'm going to keep them at 10. I'm sticking with it. Um, (laughs) Texas Tech drops six spots, which is probably unfair. I don't know. Uh, then some other you know notables. Uh, Missouri drops 14 spots. They lost two games last week, and then Creighton jumps up after beating uh, Villanova, and then a couple of notables at the bottom: Oregon, Kansas, Belmont, Boise State, all in now. So, and then the five teams close: St. Bonaventure, UConn, San Diego State, Louisville, and St. Louis. And I think the only team out of those five that I don't have in my top 30, the only one that's ranked is San Diego State at 25. So. There you go. That's the top 30 for the week. It changes a lot. You had a team jump up 11. You had a team drop back 14. Yeah, goes. Seems pretty fair, except for, you know, your love for loyal is a little weird, but whoa, it'll be all right. I think they're just an elite club. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you look at – they have a decent amount of depth. They have some guys that come off the bench and can change the game. They're very good defensively. Sure. They have a big that's probably the best passing big in the country. So I gotta I gotta I gotta go with it, you know. I'm just gonna go with it. I don't even care. If they lose if they lose again to someone not named Drake, then I probably have to knock them back a peg, but I still won't I'll never take them out of my top thirty. <laughs> unless they lose the rest of the games this season. It's the only way I'd do that. Uh if you just look at some bracketology trends and kind of what we've seen, um, I'm not seeing a ton of movement. On certain bracketologists, uh, you know, you have the the top four, which is pretty unanimous right now with Baylor, Gonzaga, Michigan, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, you see Illinois, Houston, Villanova, Alabama. I mean, Villanova's a two still is a little weird for me. I would more so go with maybe like a in, in Oklahoma has a three over Villanova right now, maybe Virginia. So yeah. if you if you look at the last four in right now, according to uh, Palms Bracketology at CBS. You have Drake, Minnesota, Indiana, Seton Hall. So two Big Ten teams barely getting in. And uh, if Drake wouldn't have beaten Loyola Chicago, they would be in very much big trouble at getting it out large. So, I agree. Yeah, especially with their best player out. They said yeah. that he's coming back. Hemphill might be back for the tournament. <clears throat> For the conference tournament, though? Is that what they announced today? They said he could be back within a few weeks, and the conference tournament is on March 4th, so I think he could maybe get back. And if he does, that would be huge because I think there's like four teams that could probably win the Arch Madness. I mean, anyone could emerge, I guess, but I think outside of Loyola, Chicago, and Drake, I think you have um, you have Bradley and Northern Iowa could maybe do some damage in there. So they, I like the only way they get to win is if Drake wins and – they give Loyola automatic bid. I don't know. I think if Drake like won the re- the rest of the regular season games, and then got to like the semifinal or the final of the Missouri Valley tournament, I think they would get in. Okay. 
because they would be a three-loss team and they would have a good resume. And obviously people like them because they're, you know, 35th in the net rankings. And right. they're five and one against quads one and two. So they do have a quad three loss, which was to Valpo, but it's not too bad. I mean, you look at their their wins, you know, obviously Missouri State counting as a quad two win doesn't really do anything for me. Same with Indiana State, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. Uh, so that's really all I – I mean, bracketology-wise, it changes so much week to week that there's really no point for us to go too far into too it deep. every yeah. week. Uh, but I will look at one Bigger. more – just for the fun of it, we'll look at what Lunardi's got. I think he updates his on Tuesdays for some reason. So, see when it, yeah, his last update was Friday. There's really no point in looking at that. It's so stupid. Like, why would you not wait till eight people comes out or what? What's he doing? There's should, no way that's the reason. Should he know this stuff on his own? Yeah, you'd think so. Supposed to be a genius, just got an extension from ESPN. Yeah. Maybe he's not as smart as we all thought. <laughs> Could be the case. Um, so I don't know who to look at now. What do you think? You got anyone know. that you like? You're the bracketology guy. Bracketo- look at- bracketologically speaking, that's your job. I'll look at Jonathan Warner making the madness. Okay. It's gonna take me a minute to get here, so we gotta stall. <laughs> so I I was thinking about this today. Um so even if like Gonzaga, which I know Gonzaga doesn't play as quality teams, but even if they were to lose a game, do you think that moves them out of the one and two spots? I mean, just because they've been so dominant. Depends on who they lose to. Well, like I think Baylor plays Texas Tech this week. Gonzaga never plays anybody because they're in a terrible conference. Okay. But I mean, I think you're overseeing the whole terrible conference team. Like, there's a few good teams in that conference. I just say it to make you mad. <clears throat> but well, you but say can, what everyone but else you, does to say. But I mean, I guess Michigan because they're only a one-loss team. But yeah, I couldn't see them. Mo- I couldn't see them moving past the three spot, right? Man, I don't know. I, I think I think if uh, if Baylor were to lose to someone in the Big Twelve, and I think if Michigan kept on winning, I don't really see why they wouldn't have Michigan at two if Baylor lost. Yeah, and have sure. Baylor at three. That's what I'm I saying. wouldn't I personally think, think farthest they could fall. But. If Baylor lost, I'm still going to say they're a number one or number two team in the country. I agree. I don't even care. I mean, I don't. I'm not worried about who they lose to. Or a lot of people overdo that. Like, oh man, they like for example, Illinois going to overtime in Nebraska. People are going to overreact to that. It's just what happens, you know, and uh, or Pacific giving Gonzaga a game. People will overreact to that. Sure. So it's sure. kind of just how it is. Yep. Uh, all right. I, I just wondered in your poll, would, would you drop? No, one? I don't think you would. No, I wouldn't. I'm way, way, way too in deep on Baylor and Gonzaga. <laughs> True. I've talked to Baylor more than probably almost anybody in the country. Yeah. So they better make a big run or I'm going to look like an idiot. Um. <laughs> All right, let's go now to the Atlantic 10. And I'm kind of going to pick a conference every week to just kind of look at. I think next week we'll probably look at the Mountain West or the uh, or the Missouri Valley. Well, no point looking at the Missouri Valley. The Ramblers are the best team in the conference by far. Um, but the Atlantic 10, I think it's really four teams you look at. Who's the best team in the Atlantic 10? And, I mean, I think it's 
a big debate because I think a lot of people would say VCU, but mm-hmm. I don't really know. So my vote would be VCU, but I, I'm I would, not a guy that watches a lot of Atlantic 10 basketball. So I'm sure that you got a lot better information. Maybe you can change my mind. Well, I'll start this way. VCU 34th in the net last time I checked, or when I wrote this down, I think right now they are actually uh, maybe better than that in the net looking at it. When I wrote it down, it was 34th. I'm not sure where they're at now. Um, but they're up it. there. You go ahead and keep going. They're 15 and 4, uh, 0 3 in quad one, 5 and 0 in quad two, 5 and 1 in quad three. So they have that quad three loss, which I think will hurt them if they end up, you know, winning the Atlantic 10 tournament. Mm-hmm. I think that would maybe hurt them. Uh, and then you have them at uh, 22 in the uh, KPI rankings, 33 in the SOR, 49 in Ken Palm, 99 in adjusted offensive uh, efficiency, 13th in defense efficiency. So offensively, they leave a lot to be desired. And that's kind of my thing. Like I, they're, they're just not very balanced. And I'd rather see a balanced team because the other teams – in the um, in the A10 or the other two that I'm going to discuss that I think it's kind of down to for me uh, are a lot more balanced and they do they don't do one thing that much better than the other and VCU is much better defensively than they are offensively so that kind of knocks them down a little bit for me. VCU is currently 31st in the net. Okay, they yeah, were I didn't see that. up from 32nd, and now they have that quad and, one win. And it looks like St. Louis is right behind them at 32. Yeah, Utah State is now a quad one victory for uh, for VCU. Yeah. So uh, the other team, St. Bonaventure, I think, you know, 10 and 3 overall, 39th in the net when I wrote this down. They are now 41st. Um, one and two quad one, three and one quad two, six and zero oh between the next next two quads. They don't have that quad three or quad four loss. They beat VCU, I believe, in one game and they lost them in the other. Yep, just lost on Friday um, to them. Yeah, they're 40, 26 KPI, 42 SOR, 50 Ken Palm, and then they are uh, 52nd in offensive and defensive efficiency adjusted Ken Palm. So they're balanced. They're not great at one or the other, really. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you'd like them to be a little bit better. But let me just get this out of the way. Richmond, 10 and 4, 55th in the net. No, they're not. They're not the best team in the conference. They have a, a loss across each quad. Everybody was big on the Spiders when they beat Kentucky, right? Yeah, they're two and one, one or uh, two and one quad one, two and one quad two, four and one quad three, two and one quad four. So they have a, a loss in each quad, that hurts them. Twenty eighth mm-hmm. offensively adjusted, ninety eighth defensively. So not going to even throw them in the conversation. St. Louis is the team I think for me. Um, they had those COVID issues. They didn't play for a long time. They're ten and three. They're kind of back going now. They have, in my opinion, one of the best rebounding guards I've ever seen with Goodwin. They have Hassan French, who's an experienced big. They have um, Yuri Collins is a solid guard. They have uh, just a lot of depth and a lot of guys that have been there. They've had mm-hmm. these guys here for years, and I think they're due to do something in the tournament and make somewhat of a run. But uh, you look at their resume, they do have those two quad three losses. But like I said, you look at those quad three losses, they don't look as bad when you actually think about the circumstances of the game and they're 39th the net. So clearly they, or they were 39th when I wrote that down, you said 32nd earlier. So, yeah, you know, 32nd now yep. those they two good. They just moved up. Yeah. The, so you, the, correct. the two quad, two law, two quad, three losses. They had Dayton. They played them on the 26th. That was their first game in over 30 days. 
and then they lost to LaSalle in the third. I don't know what happened there. That was a weird game. Um, but I just, you know, they they beat up St. Bonaventure. They held them under 60 points. Um, yeah. I mean, St. Louis was the team everybody was was all about starting the season, and then COVID and all that happened. And so the question is, so do you think that, that Atlantic, Atlantic 10 can get, you know, multiple – yeah. See like multiple teams in? I think they'll get two, maybe three. Okay. I think it's I think it's all about who if St. Bonaventure wins the Atlantic Ten tournament, how are you gonna keep St. Louis and VCU out? Right. I don't think you can. I agree. It's all gonna be St. Bonaventure and what they can do. Um if they and flame out, they probably won't get in. What's Massachusetts doing? They're sitting at six and two in the conference. Yeah, I don't think anyone's really looking at them. Well, what if they win it outright? Then, then I think they'll get three teams in. <laughs> St. Louis VCU can't keep them out. Now, yeah. if we have a scenario where it's St. Bonaventure and UMass for the tournament and the conference, then you have a whole different story. Yeah. So St. Louis had a game on the twenty third. They beat UMKC. They didn't play again till the twenty sixth of January, which was that Dayton game. So you can't really blame them for losing by five to a decent Dayton team, not a great Dayton team, but mm-hmm. a decent Dayton team. And it's a quad three loss because they were at home. You look at their non-conference wins, they beat LSU, who's okay and probably makes the tournament. And then they um, they barely lost to Minnesota, but they were playing Minnesota in Minnesota, which is completely different than playing them on the road. <laughs> Anywhere so, else, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So I don't know. The A-10 is interesting. I, I would rank it probably St. Louis, VCU, St. Bonaventure, Richmond. Yeah. And then UMass, and then whoever else you want to throw in there. Um, no, but I think were, St. Louis's numbers will get a lot better on Ken Palm. Yeah, Adjusted we'll offense and defense, it'll too. get better. I mean, yeah, they got to play LaSalle again, Dayton, VCU, Richmond. We'll see where everybody falls. Yeah, as long as they're playing those games, they'll True. be in a good spot. So, True. all right, winners and losers of the week. What do you got? Uh, my losers that I. Uh, searched yesterday um Penn State can we can we just stop talking about Penn State having a chance to get in the tournament I'm I'm pretty sure we can uh Nebraska did beat them uh Nebraska's first win in 26 conference games or something um after Nebraska almost beat Illinois which was a bit of a shock but they were they were uh they were knocking on the door to win a big 10 game and Penn State I like John Rothstein for the most part, but I got to blame him for this narrative. He's been <laughs> basically not he, – he he just – he was a part of the group that wouldn't shut the door on Penn State. Yeah. Like, they've been dead for weeks. I don't care if they beat Wisconsin. That loss looks worse every day – or that win looks worse every day. Yep, absolutely. Has no bearing for me. Yep. They're dead. Um, you uh, were high on St. John's. Thought they were a tournament team. Good chance of it. Uh, they got beat. Horrible. Not good for them. You can't be on a run and then go into a game against one of the worst teams in the conference and blow it the way that they did. They blew it. They were up 15 right away. It was 30 to 15. You're like, oh, man, St. John's (laughs) going to keep it going. They end up losing that game. Just terrible. Yeah, not not good. Um, Mizzou, our neighbors to the south, um, lost to Ole Miss in Arkansas this week, this past week. Uh, I, overall, it's not going to hurt them tournament-wise, but, I mean, they had a shot, an outside chance of maybe winning the SEC regular season. 
So uh, back-to-back losses, like you mentioned earlier, it was Arkansas's second quad one win of the season. So I would, I would consider Arkansas a winner in that scenario. Um, LSU uh, beat Tennessee, which uh, was a huge win for LSU. Um, and Tennessee, not, not so good. So struggling, giving up way too many points, but LSU has a lot of scoring. So, yeah. Um, I put Pittsburgh down here just because I talked about them last week. Um, they ended up losing to Georgia Tech. Uh, see you later, Pittsburgh, not going to the tournament. Um, and then Radford, uh, would be my other loser. Uh, lost back to back games against Winthrop when they were two game, I think they were, I believe they were two games back or one game back to Winthrop in the Big South. Um, so they fell back behind. Um, so Winthrop's sitting pretty right now in the Big South. So. Yeah, and Radford is a team that, uh, you know, they were able to hold Winthrop down um, mm-hmm. from an offensive standpoint. Winthrop is top 40 in the country in points per game. Yeah. And you look at what Radford was able to do, they held him down and still lost the game, which shows you that Winthrop uh, can win a game kind of in either way. And the problem for Radford is that their offensive numbers are horrible. And yeah. that kind of kills them. 237th in adjusted offense, and uh, Winthrop is not that way. You know, they're 98th in adjusted defense. They can play some defense. They can score offensively. They're not that efficient. 125, but they score a lot. So, and they're also playing the Big South. That definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that all you have for winners and losers? Uh, I got a few winners. Uh, Kansas, right. Kansas. I got as a winner. Um, they uh, have won three straight after losing to West Virginia. Uh, came back into the rankings this week. Uh, you know, they were, what were they, 230 weeks straight until last week's AP poll. So uh, Kansas is on the bounce back, I think. We'll see. They're still not the, the Kansases of old, I believe. But um, you never know. Maybe that's, that's the Kansas team that actually does something. Um, I got uh, James Madison down. Uh, seven-game win streak, stayed atop the Colonial, um, while Northeastern lost, moving Northeastern a game back. So, James Madison uh, to to stay up up front in that conference is good. Uh, Drake, I know, I know you love your loyal team, but they did lose to Drake without Shaquan Hemphill playing. So, um, I'm going to put Drake as a winner. And then I got Belmont, Belmont, who uh, is on a 19-game winning streak. Um, Morehead late, Morehead State lost also in the OVC, so uh, Belmont's looking pretty good there. Yeah, the regular season in the OVC is done. Yeah, yep. So Seems I'm going to talk about Belmont here momentarily. It's going to be exciting. Uh, three mid-major oh, yeah. bracket busters, and I'm going to start with Belmont. Got to go with them. I agree. Extremely good team. Yep. Extremely good. They are, um, I think that at least if you look at from an offensive uh, perspective, they're elite. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you look at what they can do. They got five guys scoring double figures a game. Yep. Very deep team. They're 24th in offensive uh, adjusted efficiency on Ken Palm, 24th for an OVC team. That's pretty damn good. Uh, You know, defensively, they do leave a little bit, you know, on the floor, they could probably be better in that regard, uh, but they're super, super deep, and uh, that's just my number one team, and I'm assuming they're yours as well. 
Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. And I always feel that we're talking bracket busters. I always feel like the OVC has a team that makes a little run. So hoping that it stays up. I, I like watching, you know, Ohio Valley Conference basketball. So. I, I, you know, the way that um, Belmont's just dominated the conference for a few years now, I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they had that tournament run a couple of years ago. Last year, they lost three conference games. They won the OVC tournament. Um, they're just running that conference right now. The second team that I would go with is Winthrop, uh, you know, top 25 in offensive and defensive adjusted efficiency on Ken Palm. So they're top 25 in both categories, seven players that average five or more points. I think they only have three that average double figures, but they got a lot of guys that average, you know, a decent amount of points. You need depth scoring if you're going to win. And like I said, 37th in uh, rebound or 31st in rebounding 37th in points per game. 15 and one in the big South. The only team close to him is Radford who they beat. And then after that, it's, it's, it's over. So the, the, uh, the, the big South is done. Winthrop's yeah. going to be the number one seed in that tournament. Yeah. And you know, it was funny because I'm like, man, I always, you know, loved Winthrop like as a tournament team. And then I started looking at, it, I'm like, Oh, well they haven't done anything since like 2007, which is crazy. But um but yeah, I, I think that they have a good chance of making a run, maybe being a 12 seed, upsetting a five seed. Um, but we'll see. But I, I agree with Winthrop also. Yeah, my third team is going to be Liberty out of the Atlantic Sun. Uh, just a really good team. 85th in adjusted offensive efficiency. They were a team that I kind of rode for a couple of rounds in the 2019 tournament, I think it was. might have been 2018. Mm-hmm. I was all over them winning in the first round. They did so. They made a nice little run. Um, they're good. I mean, they're eight and two in the conference. They're not first. Bellarmine's first at ten and two, but they can't be in the tournament. They're on a ten game win streak. That that Bellarmine team, they're going to be dangerous in when they can actually make it. The tournament. Yeah, <laughs> right. But they're ten and two, top in that conference right now. They're not going to be in the tournament. But Liberty yeah. has a good opportunity to get in, and I think that they could do some damage. You have Darius McGee there. Uh, he's gotten better each season. He's averaging thirty. Uh, 13 points per game. If he was averaging 30, then we'd have a whole nother discussion, but <laughs> really good. And they passed the ball better than almost any mid-major team I've watched this season. So that's what I would say. I would go Belmont, Winthrop, Liberty is my three. Uh, my third is going to be Grand Canyon. Um, since uh, they've, they've been in that same thing that Bellarmine's in, uh, they they were had their four-year probation. They could weren't eligible until 2018. Haven't made the tournament yet. Um, Bryce Drew has them doing really good things down there. They're 12 and three, six and zero in the whack. Um, I just, you know, I hope that they can make the tournament. I, I don't know if they'd be an out at large seed or if they're going to have to win their conference tournament, but um, Grand Canyon, I think could make some noise. Yeah. They won eight games in a row and the job that he's doing there has been tremendous. And you kind of look at, I think this is his first year there. Right. And uh yeah. Last year, when Grand Canyon played Illinois, they did kind of stick around for a little bit in that game. Yeah, they did. and you know that wasn't really an Illinois team last year that was as good as they are this year. But yep. um, yeah, they're good. I think that that's a good pick. That's that's another team that I was looking at for this list. You know, you look at uh, offensively and defensively, they're fairly balanced, not great, but not bad. Uh, but that conference, I don't really think there's any team that has a chance of winning the WAC tournament. Other than Grand Canyon, right. I don't really see any other team doing it. And you look at some of these teams, like Chicago State's gone. They quit. They're done. They should mm-hmm. have. They're zero nine. No chance. They didn't have enough players. Um, Utah Valley five and two. Eh, I don't think that they could beat Grand Canyon in the tournament. Uh, Texas Rio, 
uh, Grand Grand Valley, or however the hell you say that. They're six and uh, two and zero oh in the conference. They've only played two conference games, so um, yeah. yeah, that conference is right there for the taking for Grand Canyon in the tournament in the conference there. So yep. I don't think anybody has a chance. Offensive five. That's where we're going to go next. Five teams that you do not want to see offensively in the tournament, in the regular season, whenever. My number one team, I had to go with Gonzaga. Same. I know they're, they're, they're second in Ken Palm in offensive adjusted efficiency. Okay. I don't care about that. I still think they're the best offensive team in the country. First on Haslametrics. Uh, Corey Kispert's averaging 19.5. Drew Timmy's averaging 18.9. Jalen Suggs is averaging 14.4. They have Ayayi there. They have Nimhard there. So much depth, a loaded team. Uh, they have probably the best three-point shooter in the country. They have one of the best freshman guards in the country. They have one of the best and most experienced bigs right now in the country. They do it all. Yeah, Too good. Just, yeah their, their whole starting five can just dominate you. So, And – I know you say the West Coast sucks, which I agree. It's not a good conference. They put up points against good teams. I'll give they them scored 87 against West Virginia. Yep. They scored a ton against Kansas. Yep. They scored a ton against uh, – who else did they play in the early in the season? I'm trying to remember. Auburn they scored a lot against, which isn't really that much. I don't really think Auburn is good defensively. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they put up points. That's all they I do. My number two team is Baylor, uh, third – in Haslametrics on offense efficiency, third in Ken Palm. They just have, you know, an elite starting lineup, and most of them can do anything offensively. Jared Butler can shoot. He can yep. go to the rack and score. Davion Mitchell's a very efficient scorer. Macy Oteague does the same thing. Should be an All-American, right? Absolutely, he's an All-American. <laughs> if you don't think that, you are insane. Um, but that's kind of, you know, they have six guys averaging uh, or shooting over 40% per game. And you look at their bench, Matthew Meyer come off the bench and can score. You have, uh, like I said, Teague, uh, Mitchell, and Butler, all efficient. So they're very efficient. Very efficient. I actually I have Baylor three. I didn't really rank them, but uh, Baylor three. Um, two, I have Iowa. Okay, I have Iowa four. Okay. Uh, the thing that I like about Iowa is they have shooters everywhere. So many weapons. Frederick Bohannon. Um, um, what's his name? Wieskamp, Garza can shoot. Yep. Like I said, their kryptonite is going to be defense. So, yeah. And, and, I thought that and the- if they're not hitting, I, that's the only thing about, about having guys that all shoot threes. I mean, if you have off nights, it happens. So it, it'll be interesting to see how deep they can go. Cause one off night and uh, they, they would be done. Quick. And you look at two of their losses the Illinois loss and the Gonzaga loss, they were hitting shots. They just weren't playing good enough defense. True, true. So Gonzaga beat them 99-88, I believe. Illinois beat them 80-75. to So they put points up. They just weren't executing defensively. They weren't making plays, and that's where defense comes into play. You look 108th in adjusted defensive efficiency. That's not good enough Yikes. in the Big Ten. <laughs> that's not good enough to be a top-five seed and you know do damage in the tournament. Yeah. So uh, I went with West Virginia. I think that this is the first year where Huggins has had a really, really good offensive team, an mm. offense that's much better than his defense. Um, you kind of look at what they've done, 59th in defensive efficiency this year. It's not what they're usually. So they're they're 14th. It has the metrics defense, offensive efficiency, and ninth in Ken Palm. You have Miles McBride, a.k.a. Miles McBuckets. He can score, and Sean McNeil's a great shooter, a couple of good shooters. They lost Shubway, 
they're still going to be fine. They have facilitating guards. They can shoot. They can do do damage underneath with Culver. They have a lot of players. So West Virginia is number three for me offensively. Very good this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who do my, you have at number four? I have so my last two are uh, two SEC teams. I got Alabama and Arkansas. I just like the way they play. I like the way they shoot. Um, they're one of the two more fun teams to watch. I feel maybe not the best teams, but definitely fun to watch offensively. So. I had Alabama at five. Okay, and I'm surprised that they're 25th on Ken Palm and adjusted offense. Wow, that surprises me. Um, they're 16th on Haslametrics. They have a lot of guys that can score. I mean, it's that simple. They have guys yeah. that can shoot. They have guys that can score. You have Herb Jones, John Petty Jr. is a really good three-point shooter. Josh Primo should be in high school right now, but he's contributed offensively. Jaden Shackelford, Javon Quinterly, they all average 10-plus points per game other than Primo, but Primo has contributed a lot. So – He's got a lot of skill, so I think that they just do everything offensively and defensively. They're very good as well. So, uh, so my five are Gonzaga, Baylor, West Virginia, Iowa, and Alabama. And yours were Gonzaga, Baylor, Iowa, Alabama. Iowa, Alabama. Alabama. Okay, so we have four, four of the same. Four of the same. West Virginia is obviously, you know, better than Arkansas. Probably. But, uh, <laughs> let's go to defense now. Five defensive squads that you don't want to see. Uh, number one for me, not even close, Baylor. I don't care Obviously. if they're second on Haslametrics. I don't care if they're fourth on Ken Palm. I don't care. They have the two best on-ball guards defensively mm-hmm. in the country. Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell, both All-Americans, by the way. Um, plus, there's this guy named Mark Vidal, who's yeah. also excellent defensively, and Macy Oteague's pretty good defensively in his own right. I don't know what you're supposed to do against this team. They create turnovers. They let you. They let you take your shots. You're probably not going to make them. So they're just too good defensively, and I think that they're the most uh, balanced team in the country in terms of their offense and their defense. Gonzaga and Baylor are like yeah. the same on both ends. I agree. Do you have a number one as well? Yes, rightfully so. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, my number two is Loyola Chicago, who is first on Ken Palm in adjusted defense and uh they're sixth and has the metrics they pressure the ball they're one of the best half court defensive teams in the country by second behind baylor um and they create they can create points off of turnovers when you have a a center that can pass like cameron crutway can it makes it a lot easier to get get going up the court when he can make those deep passes or those passes into different lanes and cuts and stuff and very nikola jokic-esque uh for the nuggets is Crutwig's passing ability. So Loyola Chicago is an easy number two for me. Yeah, I I have them at, at number five, but uh yeah. Average or they're only giving up fifty six points a game. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Missouri Valley or not Missouri Valley. So Right. Who do you have a number two? I have Michigan number two. Um probably more because I've seen Michigan play more than any other team. Um when they went to that uh little three-quarter press against uh, Wisconsin yesterday. Wisconsin was completely lost. Um, just their intensity on the defensive end really helps uh, carry over to the offensive end, too. So I, I got Michigan at two. Although they, yeah. they are giving up 65 a game, which is the worst out of all my, all my teams. But like I said, I, I, watch, I, I watch more Big Ten basketball than anything. So <laughs> that's just 
my yeah, I, I don't I don't think I'd be that worried about how many points they give up per game. They're in the big team, right, you know. Exactly. Um, they're not going to be able to clamp teams down and just dominate them. Like, right. well, Chicago can do that against most of Missouri Valley. Right. Uh, Tennessee is my next team. Fourth in Azimetrics, third in Ken Palm. They do struggle offensively. They're 66th in adjusted offense. Not great. Um, but they have a good enough defense to help carry them mm-hmm. to win some games. Like LSU, they didn't do it. LSU has guys that can score from everywhere. Cameron Thomas is averaging 22 points a game. So I don't blame them that much for not playing well defensively on Saturday, but uh, Tennessee's defense is very good. And if they can figure out their offense, I would have them a lot higher on a lot of my lists. So that's just kind of how I look at Tennessee right now. Yeah, fair enough. What did you go with the number three? Number three, I got Virginia. Yeah, they're not the usual Virginia great defensive team, but they're still good. Yeah, I mean, 11th yeah. and adjusted uh, – 11th and adjusted defense. One of the more underrated balanced teams for me. Yeah. Uh, they're very good on both ends, but they're almost better offensively than defensively this year. Yeah. Not the usual Tony Bennett, you know, defense first completely. Sure, but they're Shut still they're still uh, pretty solid. They're good yeah. enough to get the job done. Exactly. Exactly. I had Michigan at four. Okay. First in Asimetric, seventh in Ken Palm. They held Minnesota and Wisconsin under 60 points. They have guys that have been playing college basketball for years. Livers, Brown, Smith, um, Brooks. Oh, so They're going to be so good next Wagner. year. <laughs> I mean, Wagner is going to be gone after this year. I'd assume he'll go to the draft. Yeah, he'll be a first the draft. Round pick. yeah. But He's a two-way guy. Got four, four, three five-stars and two four-stars or something coming in. Yeah, I think they'll be pretty good, yeah. Yep. Uh, my last team is Rutgers, who I think really? you know, they haven't been healthy enough to reach their full potential defensively, but they have an inside-out combo defensively that can be very good, which is Miles Johnson and Jacob Young. And Steve Peichel is a very good coach when it comes to defense. 16th in Asimetrics, 13th in Kinbaum. The fact they're top 15, a lot of people aren't talking about them. Still mm-hmm. top 15th in adjusted defense. And I think the defense is going to be the thing that gets them to where they can go. So if they want to make a run in the Big Ten tournament, it's going to be defense. And they have guys that can do it. So yeah, that's they got a big uh, – they play Michigan this week, right? Big that game. sounds right, yeah. I think it's on the 18th, I believe. Mm-hmm. What do you got for your last team? My last team is Houston. Another very good one. Yeah. Can you read off the stats for me? Because I don't, I don't know. They're eighth in adjusted defense Okay. on Ken Palm and uh, – they have the 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 length, you know, to yeah. uh, play against teams. You look at uh, what's his name, Dijon Giroux, mm-hmm. very lengthy forward that can make plays. Grimes, a transfer from Kansas, gets the job done. So, Houston is very good on both ends. One of the more balanced teams in the country. I'd rank them in the top five in terms of balance, and I would probably say if you look at balanced teams, I think Gonzaga, Baylor, Houston. Or on that list, I think Michigan's on that list. I mm-hmm. think Illinois is close. I think, uh, you know, maybe Texas is balanced. Maybe go with them or Oklahoma or Purdue. So the unbalanced teams, Iowa is an example of that. Ohio State's an example of that. Right. Uh, and Villanova is another example of that. That's what's holding back Villanova. That's why I didn't have them in the uh, 
the big tier for the AP pool. They're 90th in adjusted defense. Just not Ouch. good enough defensively. You look yeah, at what Creighton, Creighton just did. ate them up. Yeah. They did do that. Uh, the crush starting five, of course. The five players in a lineup that you just – big fans of the player. Yeah. Everyone knows who my top card is. Come on. Davion Mitchell. I would assume it. Oh. Davion Mitchell, 13 points, two rebounds, five assists, 50% from the field, 49% from three. Thanks for coming. I mean, the dude doesn't mess around. Best on-ball defending guard. You've heard it every week. I'm going to say it every week. <laughs> I'm on guard. I'm going to go with Io. Uh, we, we do do an Illinois podcast, but that's not why I went with him. Uh, has a good chance to win a national player of the year. Uh, should win Big Ten player of the year, but, you know, Garza gets too much love. Um, averaging – 26 and five. So, uh, yeah, definitely the guy that I want when you want a game one, I'll take him over anybody in the nation. That's fair to say is other than Davion Mitchell. Uh, my second guard is Cam Thomas. Who's averaging 22 points a game as a freshman at LSU. The number one guy on that team, best scorer, best shooter, probably going to go to the NBA after this season. I think he's a very good player and I hope we get to see him in March. Who's your number two guard? I got Mark Vidal. Is he he's guard? guard. I mean, I don't know. He's 6'5", I think. Well, I mean, I was my only guard I got on my list. So I'm starting one guard in the I Love You team. It could work. So uh, My next guy is Corey Kispert, obviously. Obviously. Uh, best three-point shooter in the country for my money. 19 points, four rebounds. going to be an All-American. So yep. that's my guy. And that's what you want. you want. You want a guy that can hit the three. He can do things inside. Um, yeah, just one of the best. Players. Not terrible defensively, so that's good. No. Who else do you have? Uh, my next guy would be Evan Mobley. USC. Seven foot, USC freshman. Uh, I watched a lot of game tape on him today just because like, I knew how good he was. But, man, a seven-footer that can move like him, can do multiple different things, hit the three, uh, really good ball player. Probably the best player in the conference already. Yeah. Um, and he's going to be there for one year. So, yeah. Yep. See you later. Uh, my next guy's Cameron Crutwig, of course, Loyola Chicago, 15.6 boards. One of the best big men passers in the country. Probably the best, I would say, for my money. Uh, can score in a lot of different ways. Not much of a shooter, but he can score inside on just about anybody. I'll be interested to see in the tournament if they make a bit of a run. His, like, I want to see him matched up against, like, you know, Garza or Dickinson or Coburn, or mm-hmm. one of those guys, kind of see how he does there. Because he is a center, but I think he's only 6'9". So, see how that goes for him. But who you got next? Uh, my last guy, my center, is going to be Kofi Coburn. Um, I know you told me not to pick all Illinois guys, but um, I just think Kofi, 14 double-doubles this season. I think he's second in the in Division One, but the other guy plays for, I don't know, Southern Utah or something, so who really cares? Um, he's just been the, the amount he's gotten better this year. Um, you know, averaging 18, 19 points in the big 10, 12 rebounds. I I just don't see how you, there's another big man that you want. Yeah. I went with Charles Bassey of Western Kentucky. I kind of trashed him yesterday for no reason. (laughs) Felt bad. (laughs) 17 points, 12 rebounds, very, very good player. And if they're going to make it to the tournament, he's going to be the reason why. Uh We saw it early in the season when they beat Memphis. He was huge in that game. 
Uh, so, yeah, that's my number five. So I have Davion Mitchell, Cam Thomas, Corey Kispert, Cameron Crutwig, and Charles Bassey. So four C's with the first letter of the starting name. Cam, Corey, Cameron, Charles. A.K.A. Cam, Corey, Cam, Chuck. <laughs> nice and Davion. Running the show. Chuck. Yeah. All right. So, And you had Io DeSumo. Mark Vidal. Mark Vidal, Evan Mobley, Corey Kispert, and... Kofi Kofi. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Conference tournament sleepers. Did you pick any of these? No. You told me that I didn't need to. I just wondered. I don't know. I have okay. five. Let me know how you feel. Let's about hear them. them. Yeah. Let me let me hear them. All right. Number one is Ole Miss, a team that's been on fire in the SEC. They have won three games in a row. They beat Tennessee. They beat Missouri. And they beat uh, – who else did they beat? They beat another team that I'm forgetting. Was it Georgia, Arkansas? Uh, I don't know. I should have written it down. Who are you looking for? Ole Miss. Tennessee, Auburn, Missouri, South Carolina. Okay, it was Auburn, yeah. They beat Auburn as well. So they've been on fire. I could see them making a bit of a run because I think that conference is actually, you know, fairly wide open in the tournament. Like, you look at the top, like, eight teams in that conference, Alabama, Arkansas, LSU, Florida – Tennessee, Ole Miss, even Kentucky could make some noise in that tournament because they haven't been able to close games out. Like, they probably should have beaten Tennessee. They were winning that game for the most part. They should have beaten Arkansas. They got screwed by the refs at the end, if we're being honest. They finally beat Auburn. But Kentucky could probably do something, I guess. Ole Miss is my sleeper, though. I didn't pick Kentucky just because they've been so horrendous that it's tough for me to kind of go with it. But four straight wins for Ole Miss – I wouldn't count them out in the tournament, uh, so we'll see. Uh, in the Big Ten, I went with Rutgers. I think this team, a lot of people forget how good this team can be. Yeah. They're completely overshadowed by Purdue, by Minnesota, by Illinois, by Michigan, by Ohio State, um, by Iowa. So Purdue's I think people got forget. a lot them. of love lately. Yeah, they've been winning a lot. They did lose that game to Minnesota. But yeah. another thing for me with Rutgers is that Ron Harper Jr. has been terrible recently. And they're still winning games again. So if he gets going with Geo Baker there, with Miles Johnson, who I think is one of the most underrated big men in the Big Ten, man, they could be good. Um, for my money, they're the fifth best team in the Big Ten. So I would say Michigan, Illinois, and Ohio State, Iowa, then Rutgers. I'll take Rutgers over Wisconsin or Purdue or Indiana or Minnesota, any of those teams. Yeah. In the MAC, I went with Ohio a team that we saw early in the season against Illinois. But, you know, they they haven't been great. I was going to say, how they been doing? Didn't that uh, – what was the kid's name? Preston? Yeah. Uh, he was out for a little bit, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that sounds accurate. Uh, they're 7-4 and four in the MAC, so not bad. Okay. Um, the MAC is pretty wide open, though. You know, I think Toledo's lost two games in a row. Yeah. Uh, you have Bowling Green beating Toledo there. On Saturday, 88-81, you have um, Ball State beating Toledo the week before. You have Akron at 10-3 and right on the heels of Toledo. Then you have Kent State 9-4, then Ohio at 7-4. Ohio, though, they've won four games in a row. We've seen what they can do with that inside-out duo of Jason Preston and Ben Vanderplas. So I think they could make some noise in that tournament. Um, as much as this pains me, I went with Memphis and the American um, not a team that I love, but the American is so bad outside of Houston. Yeah. 
and they're only going to get one bid if Houston wins that conference tournament, that I had to pick somebody from there that could maybe do something. I mean, yeah, I don't know. The Americans just bad. Very bad. You're not wrong. Let me see if I can find the standings for the American. Google's not loading now. Thanks. Uh, Houston is 11 and 2. Wichita State's 8 and 2. Memphis is 8 and 3. Uh, SMU 7 and 4. Kinda... Yeah, the top five teams in that conference have won multiple games in a row. Yeah. I think Wichita State, I don't see them making any sort of run in that conference tournament. I think the two teams would be Memphis. And I think SMU would be the other one that I would go with. But it's a weird conference because you got two and eight close, uh, two and eight East Carolina with one of those wins being over Houston. So I don't know what's up with that, but um, in the ACC, another bad conference. People are probably think I'm going to say Duke. No, I hope not. I'm not going to say Notre Dame either. I'm going to say Syracuse, six and five. They have scoring. They're just so inconsistent. They're not good defensively. I mean, Gerard's okay. Buddy uh, Beheim is fine. Alan Griffin's had a good season there. Elijah Hughes has been good. But they don't play any defense. If they can get hot and score a lot, they could probably beat everybody in the ACC except for Virginia, Florida State, Virginia Tech. But that's who I got to go with there. I don't really see another team in that conference making any sort of noise. I think Clemson and Louisville are supremely overrated. I don't think North Carolina is any good. I don't really think Syracuse is any good. But if I had to pick one to make a run, it'd be them. So uh, I have Ole Miss in the SEC, Rutgers in the Big Ten, Ohio in the MAC. Uh, Memphis in the American and Syracuse in the ACC. So it's my five conference tournament sleepers. I like Do you it. have any objections? No, I like those picks. Those are solid. Uh, Coach Zier Cannons. I just want to throw some of these names out here because I think – I don't know who's going to win it, um, but I think there's been some disrespect thrown around. Not a lot of people putting Long Kruger on there as if he hasn't done a tremendous job at Oklahoma. Yeah. I don't think he should win it, but he's done a great job. Yeah. He's done a great job the last few years, though. I think that yeah. he, just, he never gets any love. Uh, Jawan Howard will get recognition because a lot of people didn't see Michigan as that good of a team going into the season in terms of mm-hmm. in the Big Ten. I think I had them at five going into the season. We'll see how so, how they end up. Let's calm down. Uh, Nate Oates, Alabama, they've been excellent. He's turned them around. I mean, they were they had Colin Sexton there a couple years ago and didn't really make any noise when Avery Johnson was the head coach there, and now they're back. 12-1 and one in that conference. They've been excellent. Uh, so Nate Oates should get some love. He was at Buffalo, did an excellent job at Buffalo. Then he moves on here, and he's done a great job there. So uh, I think Quanzo Martin deserves some recognition at Missouri. Nobody thought Missouri would be as good as they have been for the most part, mm-hmm. being highly ranked and ranked for a long time. Right. Um, Long Kruger, like I said, Oklahoma should get some love. Uh, Chris Holtman at Ohio State, another team that people didn't see this. Oh, uh, yeah. As a big contender in the Big Ten, I think I had them at six in the preseason. I think I had Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State. So Michigan State completely sucks. Uh, (laughs) So there you go. And then Casey Alexander. Do you know where he coaches? Uh, Loyola, Chicago. (laughs) I put you on the spot there unfairly and on purpose, but uh, Porter Moser is the head coach of Loyola, Chicago. And he should get he should get a job a big job if he wants it. Um, Casey Alexander is the coach of Belmont. He left Lipscomb okay. to take the Belmont job after the Belmont legend Rick Bird retired. He's been there for two seasons. They're forty eight and eight. They're thirty one and three in the OVC. They've dominated the conference. They've continued to dominate, and he'll probably get a look if he wants it in a Power Six program. 
So I don't know who's going to do it. You look at power six programs that are open right now. Penn state's open. Boston college is open. Uh, Someone else is open that I forgot. There's another school. Who is it? Dang it. I don't know. I just, I saw Boston college fired their coach today or yesterday. Jim Christian was fired today by Boston college. Yeah. Yeah. Just stalling right now. Just let it stall for a minute. That's fine. I just realized that we didn't get any picks from McVicks. <laughs> <laughs> There's only eight games tonight, but we could make our own picks. Well, that's true. We could. Or you could ask him for picks. I just text him. We'll see if he gets it. Head coach vacancies in college. <laughs> Having a hard time spelling? This tablet is hard to type on. I'm also watching a hockey game up to my top left. It's distracting the hell out of me. Who's winning? The bad team. Jobs. Uh, Illinois College in Jacksonville has an assistant job open. Um, City okay. Colleges of Chicago. Oh, that's not what you're looking for? Not even close. Oh. I think Jeff Goodman tweeted out earlier. Let me check. Okay, so you have Boston College open. We uh-huh. knew that. That opened today. Penn State's open because their current coach – is a uh, okay. Um, what who's the interim there? They just they're gonna say, See him, bro. Poor yeah, guy. I mean, they almost they almost had a chance to make the tournament. <laughs> okay, so you have Boston College is open, Penn State's open, Wichita State's open because uh, yeah, he got in trouble too, beating players or whatever he did. Uh, Fordham is open, Coaches. they got they got obliterated by St. Louis yesterday. Portland's open. Northern Illinois is open. UT Martin is open because I think their coach passed away, which is awful. Uh, they were supposed to play Illinois early in the season. Didn't happen. Um, you have University of Texas Rio Grande Valley, uh, which is one of the top teams in that conference at 2-0 and in the WAC. Uh, then you have Texas State, IUPUI, UC Riverside are the openings. So maybe Boston College or Penn State. How about Penn State? Gives Casey Alexander a look. Bring him to the Big Ten. There you go. He's 48 and 8 in two years, three conference losses, none of which have been this year. So might want to consider it. I'm just saying. I'm sure they'll they'll probably hire Greg Marshall, who beat his players to get out of Wichita State. Oh. All right. Do we think that Penn State has a good history? No. We won't get into the Penn State. Any thing, sport. <laughs> <laughs> All right, games of the week, the best part of the whole thing. Today, there's only eight games total. What'd you put? Uh, the only ranked game, I believe, is Virginia. Number seven, Virginia goes to number 16, Florida State. Should be a good one. Yeah, that's a very interesting game. Florida State went to overtime and almost lost to Wake Forest on Saturday, which was a head-scratcher. Florida State's a very talented team. They'd started to put it together, and I think they lost to Pittsburgh or Georgia Tech, one of the two. I get them mixed up frequently for no reason, really. Um, that game's an ESPN. That's the only really great game that's going to have great teams playing in it. But mm-hmm. you have a decent matchup in the Southern. East Tennessee State, Chattanooga, ESPN 3. Uh, East Tennessee State is eight and four in the Southern. ESPN three. Chattanooga seven and five in the Southern. Both teams battling for seeding in the conference tournament. Chattanooga beat them by two in their first meeting. 
So that'll be a really good game. East Tennessee State is another one of those teams that it sucks about last year because they were elite last season. They, I think, were like 32 and one or something, and they won yeah. the Southern tournament. They were ready to go to make it to the uh, the big dance, and I would have picked them to win a couple rounds too. So they got jobbed. They're one of those teams that got jobbed Jeez. last year. Jeez. All right, what do you got Tuesday? Tuesday, uh, Missouri plays Georgia. We'll see if Mizzou can bounce back from a tough week. Um, Georgia has had a couple good wins this year, I believe. Um, so we'll see. Um, and then uh, Texas plays Oklahoma. Uh, twelve, Number 12, Texas is playing number nine, Oklahoma, your boy Lon. Uh, this game is apparently on ESPN3. What are we doing, ESPN? We had that great game in double overtime between West Virginia and Oklahoma on ESPN Plus. Just absurd. Yeah. So. And it's only the Big 12. So the Big 12 needs to figure out their damn licensing thing because that is terrible. I guess. That's ridiculous. So that, that's the only games I got for Tuesday. What do you got for mid-majors? I got a lot of mid-majors yeah. and some other high majors you didn't mention. So That's the only one that mattered. Northern Illinois and Akron. ESPN3, the Zips, which is a great mascot name. The Fighting John Gross is the Zips, whatever you want to call them. 10 and 3 in the MAC. They can take the lead in the conference with a win. Uh, Providence and UConn, another big matchup, two bubble teams. I don't know if Book Knight's going to be back for UConn, but they need him back. They got a huge win over Xavier on Saturday to help them stay afloat. Team that I've been high on for the whole season. Miami and Toledo. Toledo needs it. They've lost two games in a row to Ball State and Bowling Green. They need that game. Xavier and St. John's. Xavier coming off of a loss to UConn. St. John's coming off of a loss to Butler. I think St. John's is almost dead unless they win the Big East tournament. But Xavier needs this win. They're another bubble team that lost on Saturday. Um, That's on FS1. Did you say Texas Tech TCU? Because they do play tomorrow. TCU is a young team with a lot of talent. Texas Tech could use a win. They lost to West Virginia last week. So that's a big one there. Um, and then LaSalle and St. Louis, they're 8-12 and 12 overall, 5-8 and eight in the A-10, but they beat SLU on February 3rd. I don't think they're going to do it again, but that's a game for St. Louis. They need to just need to keep going, get into rhythm, win some games, and uh, they should be fine. Javante Perkins, name drop. Forgot to mention him when we were talking about them earlier. So Wednesday, what do you got? Wednesday, uh, the only game I got down is Utah State, Boise State, in a battle for first place in the Mountain West. Um, uh, Utah State's eleven and two, Boise State's twelve and three, and then these two teams play again on Friday. So that's exciting. Yes, the top four in the Mountain West is confusing. You got Boise State there, you got San Diego State there, you got Utah State there, and you have Colorado State. Colorado State's the one that I was thinking of, and. uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's another, that's similar to the A-10. You got four teams there. You don't really know who's the best team and who's not the best team. So uh, did you put any others for this? Nope. All right, I got a lot. I got like seven <laughs> games. Uh, VCU-Richmond. Not sure you forgot that one. Um, great A-10 game. VCU just needs to keep on winning. They lose this game. That further pushes my argument about how St. Louis is the best team in the conference further along. Syracuse-Louisville. Louisville, they should be in the tournament. They're firmly in, I'd say. But Syracuse, if they keep on winning and get something going into the ACC tournament, they're in my sleeper team. They have a chance. That's on ACC Network. Arizona State-USC on ESPN2, that's a game that, you know, Arizona State, so disappointing this season with 
COVID issues and injuries, Mm -hmm. but they have some really good talent there. And Bobby Hurley's still a good coach. I think he's taking a program. Arizona state was not a good program before he got there. They weren't really a tournament year by year type deal. And so everyone's saying he's on the hot seat right now is a moron. Um, (laughs) That's the ESPN two game. USC, USC, Oregon are the undisputed tier one of, uh, of the Pac-12 for me right now. So USC needs to win that game. Another East Tennessee State team Mercer, uh, game, Mercer, East Tennessee State, ETSU, like I said, eight and four in the Southern. They're a game and a half behind UNC Greensboro for the first place spot. And then Mercer lost to East Tennessee State by just six in the first game that they played. So there you go with that one. Um, also have UNC Greensboro and VMI. So another Southern matchup. You got the top team in the conference, UNCG, taking on a six and six Virginia Military Institute team. Seventeen point win by UNC Greensboro the first time they played, but the Cadets, Cadets, that's their name, Cadets, Cadets. Uh, they're not an overly easy team to play, and I would know. I started a, uh, a dynasty with them in NCAA 2K8, so okay, <laughs> good colors, solid squad. I wouldn't want to play them. The Minnesota, Indiana, Minnesota on the road. Are they yeah. going to win? Probably not. They lost to Maryland last night on the road. So they're the ultimate we suck everywhere but home team, and they play at home on Saturday, so we'll get into that momentarily. But I think that game's on Big Ten Network. Not sure. Thursday, what do you got? Thursday, I got uh, Houston uh, goes to Wichita State. Um, and then uh, St. Mary's uh, plays Gonzaga and maybe one of three games that Gonzaga actually has competition and, you know, the – the West Coast Conference. Um, and then uh, two really good Big Ten games, Iowa versus Wisconsin and Rutgers versus Michigan. So, Did you say Houston, Wichita State? I did. That was my first one. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Definitely a good, great Big Ten doubleheader. I don't think I'm going to put Gonzaga on upset watch for this one like I did for them against BYU or – BYU, give them credit, they stuck around. They were losing like 14-2 to two right off the rip. They kind of hung around. But uh, I have Vermont-UMBC. Now, these matchups are similar for me to Loyola-Chicago-Drake in terms of how big they are for that conference. Do they play on Thursday, too? They play Thursday have, and Friday, yeah. I must have missed the Thursday one. The but, two yeah. top dogs in the American East. Yeah, I have them for Friday, but yeah. It's a huge game. Uh, both I, I think it, I think it's crazy how they're how the smaller conferences are doing that where they play. I mean, I get travel and stuff like that it makes it easier for them um, and protocols and whatever. But um, it, it's really cool when it's the top two teams in a conference battling mm-hmm. it out for two days straight. Yeah, then you have Jacksonville State, Belmont, uh, Belmont sixteen and zero in the OVC. That game's on ESPN Plus, so thanks ESPN for that. Um, but Jacksonville State isn't one of those teams that's going to run away. They're 10-5 in the OVC. They lost 98-91 in the first matchup, so they did score 91 points against them. So that's interesting. Uh, Arizona-UCLA. Arizona's not eligible for the tourney because their coach is, uh, how you say, uh, uh, a scumbag. Um, but they are a tough matchup for UCLA. Uh, UCLA and Arizona is a good game. It's kind of like Oregon-Arizona. Oregon's the team that's going to make the tournament. UCLA is the team here that's going to make the tournament, but Arizona will give you fits. It'll be a close game, I think. And then Colorado-Oregon is a big Pac-12 game, probably a Bill Walton game on ESPN2. Uh, the problem for, for Colorado is that they lost to Cal on Saturday. That's a terrible loss. Cal is the second-worst team in the conference other than Washington for me. Um, so that's a big 
Pac-12 game on Thursday. So Friday we'll just lead off Vermont, UMBC. They also play Friday, so you got that. Yeah. What do you got Friday? Um, oh, I also have uh, Wright State is playing Northern Kentucky, North Kentucky. Northern, um, yeah. Yeah, Wright State's fifteen and three, tied for first in the horizon, and Northern Northern Kentucky's third at ten and six. So I thought that should be a good game. Yeah, they um, play Saturday as well. And then, yep, and then they play Saturday, um, and then Western Kentucky plays North Texas in a battle of first place teams between Group A and Group B of the Conference USA. Um, should be a good one. Yeah, I missed then, that one. I don't know how. And then uh, South Dakota State plays North Dakota State. Um, <laughs> South Dakota State's one game back of South Dakota, and North Dakota State is six and two. Um, and then the other teams are nine and three. So they play a Friday Saturday game. So, like I said, they're doing this thing where like the top ranked teams are playing. I mean, it's it's just how it ended up. But that uh, that. Uh, whole conference is like really confusing. So, and then, um, who else do I have? UCSB versus CSUB. (laughs) Whoever that is. That would be UC Santa Barbara and Cal State Bakersfield. (laughs) There you go. Uh, 10 and two versus 10 and four in the big West. And then they play again on Saturday too. So, uh, a chance for, uh, CSUB to, to take the lead in the conference. Yeah, I have North Al- North uh, North Alabama and Liberty. Okay. Uh, afternoon game that is uh, North Alabama six and six in the Atlantic Sun. They play Friday and Saturday. They're not going to be that easy of a matchup for Liberty, who is uh, basically leading the Atlantic Sun. Even though Bellarmine's ten and ten, they can't be in the tur- ten and two. They can't be in the tournament. Uh, I have St. Louis and Dayton. Dayton beat St. Louis after St. Louis had over a month off. I am mm-hmm. looking for St. Louis to have some revenge there and win that game handily, I think. Uh, Akron and Ball State's a big game. Akron in the running for the number one seed in the MAC tournament. Ball State, six, five and six in the MAC, but they beat Toledo a couple weeks ago. And the best part about this is that Akron beat them by 32 in the first matchup. So just, just watch the game, whatever. Uh, Utah State and Boise State is the last matchup that I have in Mountain West. Extremely good matchup. Yeah, that should be good. Saturday is a is a – a big day, but I don't think there's as many great games this Saturday as there was last, unless Baylor actually gets to play. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, yeah. Illinois plays Minnesota. Like we said, uh, Minnesota can only win at home. Um, so Minnesota's yep. going to have a home game against the number five team in the country. Uh, Virginia Still weird Tech. to say that. Yeah. Virginia Tech uh, goes to Florida State. Should be a good one. Um, and then I got UConn. I know you're a big UConn guy. I didn't notice their games earlier, I guess. But uh, UConn plays Villanova. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see how Villanova can bounce back after a loss. Uh, Texas Tech plays at Kansas. Yep. West, West Virginia plays at Texas. And OK State, hopefully Baylor will play this week. Um, got OK State at Baylor. Yeah, and the first time that Oklahoma State and Baylor played – was Cade Cunningham being out, and they kept with him in the first half. But then Baylor always does what they do, which is just completely take over a game in the second half. That's Mm -hmm. a huge triple header of Big 12 games. And I swear, if any of those games on ESPN3 or ESPN+, Plus, we're going to have serious issues. Now, ESPN3 I can live with because I can watch it, but ESPN+, (laughs) Plus, they better not have Oklahoma State Baylor on ESPN+. Plus. I will 
do some things, you know. So uh, Arizona, USC, again, Arizona can give USC fits. Um, we'll see what happens there. North Alabama, Liberty, another game that they play uh, on Saturday. You have Auburn and LSU. Auburn not eligible for the tournament, but we've seen them give some teams trouble. They hung around with Baylor in the first half, as most teams do. Uh, LSU needs the win, though. LSU has to win this game. Arizona State, UCLA, once again, Arizona State not going to be in the tournament unless they win the Pac-12 tournament, but a tough team to play against. And then uh, Sunday, what else do you have? Do you have anything for Sunday? Uh, Sunday, uh, depending on what happens in the earlier games in the week, uh, Michigan plays Ohio State, number three versus number four, uh, probably the biggest game of the week. I'd put Michigan on upset watching either one of those games, to be honest, with Ohio State and Rutgers, tough games. Maryland and Rutgers is a good game at the rack. Maryland has been a team that has picked up some quality wins. You know, they beat Illinois. I think they beat Purdue. They beat uh, Minnesota. So they're still a team that can maybe sneak in if they keep winning. It's going to be close, though. Uh, And then the other game for me is Navy at American. Americans coming off of a pause. They had two games postponed with Navy earlier, and Navy is 8-1 and one in the Patriot, while American has played four games total, and they're all conference games. Hmm. The Patriots sucks. I mean, the fact that Colgate's 11th in the net, so stupid. They did yeah. beat Navy last night, though, I think. Or they beat um, Army. I also had uh, Butler Xavier, which did you say they played earlier? They played earlier in the week, too. I don't think I put Butler somewhere. anywhere near my uh, thing because yeah. Butler's atrocious and but Xavier, Xavier just has to win. Yeah. Trying to battle, I just yeah they have to win this game. They need to win. So. The uh, the Patriot League, they don't play very many games in that conference. So Colgate's nine and one, and they're eleventh in the net. So that's exciting. Um, but Navy is probably going to win that conference. I think. I don't know. Do we have McVick's picks? McVick's. Picks. Uh, I got this from him. He's a teacher. He said, "Snow day, only seven games." All right. So, so make a pick is making no pick, <laughs> and we'll make a pick. You make a pick. I'll make a pick. All right. I don't even know what the spreads are. Let me see real quick. And you can't make a pick on the Virginia Florida State game. Okay, I gotta pick. There's already. Oh my God. There's okay. There's games going more, on already. There's only three more right. games tonight. Okay. Yeah. Um. Let's see. We got Eastern Tennessee and Chattanooga. Uh, Chattanooga is a one and a half point favorite. Washington. Give me, uh, give me Chattanooga. Okay. Washington Minus versus one and a half. Washington versus Washington State. Uh, Washington State is a seven point favorite. I think I would take Washington State as a seven-point favorite. That, yeah. Um, if you look at the Virginia Florida and State. Virginia Florida State, Florida State's minus two and a half. So we might as well just pick all three of them. Let's do it. I would. My picks for those three would be Virginia, Chattanooga, and Washington State. I agree. Write it we're, down. we're in agreement. All right, we need to write that down. Yeah. Write it down. I don't have All the time right. for that, but uh, okay. We'll write it down. We'll let you know how we did. Uh, we picked three games. McVick picked three games last week. If we go zero and three, then we know that we're not very good at it. So. He went two and one. He got the uh, I think Gonzaga hit, and I think uh, yeah, Gonzaga won by I think they covered by one point or something. Too, someone else. Point. Who was other? Didn't Ohio State cover against Maryland or whoever they played? And then 
I think Oklahoma State didn't cover. He picked them against Kansas. Kansas won that yep. game. Yep. Yeah, so there you go. All right, we'll see how we do. Uh, we'll be back next Monday for number three. We're getting closer. Only a couple more of these until conference tournaments will start. That'll be fun to look yeah. at those, all that stuff. So we'll be back uh, next Monday. We'll see you then. Later.